0: Let us turn to John 14. The Lord Jesus speaking says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You may be seated. I'm going to do a lot of scripture reading as I go along. That's my style. That's my way. Um, So please... Don't worry about turning to everything. My subject tonight is tell me what Jesus said. And I can only pick a few parts of what he said to keep this in order and uh, your mental retention within the subject. But tell me what Jesus said. We hear a lot about what this preacher said, that preacher said, that's all well and good. We hear a lot about what is uh recorded by Spurgeon and all these others. uh some of it's good, some of it is questionable uh We hear a lot about what goes on on the radio uh the talk broadcast. everybody thinks it's the end of the world uh It's not yet It's close, but it's not yet. How do I know that? God's still calling young people into the ministry. When he stops calling people into the ministry, that's going to catch my attention. I have no Bible for that. That's a personal preference. But what age do they become useful in the ministry in the church of the living God? That's his choice. I've seen young people five and ten years old come to the altars and lay hands on adults praying. So we need to wake up and realize God's calling people. He's preparing his church. And we need to get not only actively involved. And I see you had that thing up there that said connect. You need to connect and be involved. That's not a political announcement, and I don't know what's going on, and I'm not interested. Well, I'm interested, but not in the way that you think I would be. I don't listen to gossip, and nobody gossips to me because they don't want to get their tongue bit off. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Amen? Jesus said, I am the way. In Psalm 16, thou will show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Isaiah 35, and the highway shall be there in a way. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over. Ooh, If you're unclean, you're not walking on the highway of holiness. But it shall be for those, O oh, wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Holiness is a condition of your heart. Holiness standard, I'll make it real easy on you. I probably said this before. What is the holiness standard? What is the biblical holiness standard? God. He is most holy. He is holy, holy, holy. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He is holiness perfected. Holiness is a condition of character and a condition of heart. What happens on the outside is a expression of what is on the inside, and that is called righteousness. See, I have to study these things out for these people because they don't know. And I need to have a good answer and a biblical answer to be able to explain it to them because it's either in the Bible or it's not. But we have made too many things to be cliches and put them in classifications and studies where holiness is how you dress. Yeah, dress in your spirit, dress in your heart, creating me, oh God, a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. You say, well, you compromise. I do not. But I'm willing to take a babe and let him grow and let them get in right relationship with God, and let the Spirit of the Lord relate to them what is pleasing unto Him, and how can they do that, except they are on the IH35. Anybody know where I 35 is? It goes from south of San Antonio all the way up to Minneapolis-St. Paul. It's a highway that goes right through Texas, I-35, I-35, Isaiah 35, the highway of holiness. We need to get on that highway of holiness and begin to walk in holiness. How can you walk in the Spirit, in the Spirit, when the Spirit is holy? And not be holy. We need to follow the Lord because we say that he is the path of life he is the way the path of life to fullness of joy if you don't have the joy in the law of the lord in you there's something wrong you're missing something in the holy ghost there's also the joy of the lord which is god's joy in your life does god is god pleased with your life do you live a life of worship See, we've relegated worship to when we sing... And when we dance out here a little bit and we act like tigger to tiger bouncing on our tail like a pogo stick and we're jumping and shouting and acting like a Cherokee Indian and we're screaming and yelling and tearing our clothes and losing our shoes, that's not worship. That's a physical demonstration of what you feel. But when you worship, you bow down. You humble yourself. You bury your face in the carpet. You know that he is above all Things. And when you get into the Spirit and you are praying in the Spirit and you are singing in the Spirit and you are walking in the Spirit, your life should be a worship unto God outside of the singing, outside of these walls, on your job, wherever you are. It's a worship unto the Lord. Our ministries in the pulpit should be unto the Lord flowing through us. To you that it is a worship unto God. Walking this highway of holiness, there are a lot of things that offend us because they're offensive to God. If they offend God, they should offend us. But then they say, well, you're judgmental. Well, if you read the Bible, we're to judge within and let God take care of those that are outside the church. If you need scripture on, see me afterwards. It's in Corinthians. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, the Lord Jesus is the way, the path of life to the fullness of joy, godly pleasures, and the way of holiness. Yeah, I'm going to be real simple tonight. I'm not going to get abstract. I, I get abstract sometimes and then people go, huh? So, I'm gonna stay simple. John 14, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. This is the Lord Jesus walking with his disciples, telling him, you're looking Right now, it's the spirit of truth. They say, we're looking at you. He says, yeah, but there's some things about me that you don't know yet, but I am with you, but I shall be in you. But when he, when the comforter is come, who I send unto you from my father, even the spirit of truth. See, we want comfort without truth. That's why you get a lot of counseling on Facebook. You go out there and sin, you feel bad, and then you all of a sudden, you can't come to your pastor because you know what he's going to tell you. Am I meddling? We get out there and we call, oh, you ought to hear me in Bangkok on this. You all couldn't take it. But when it comes to Facebook, there are so many things. Oh, you're such a good little person. Oh, you're such a dowel. Oh, you're such a this. You liar. You don't even know them. You've never met them. You just look in a picture that they put up of themselves that you don't even know it's them. But you can't see in their heart. You can't see in their spirit and to compliment somebody and encourage somebody when they are willingly living a life of sin and saying, I feel bad because I had such a bad day. Why would you have a bad day? Because I went to church and the preacher made me feel bad. The preacher can't make you feel bad. God makes you feel bad when you sin. We need to get our eyes on the Lord and realize when God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And no matter what you say in philosophy, what you say in psychology, what you say in all humanism, it does not make it right. When God says no, it's no. He does not change to please human beings. He does not change to please somebody who served him for 10 years and decide, you know, I've heard the testimony of all these sinners, and I think I'm going to go see in a little bit and see what it's like. Thou fool, you lack character. All the services you've been in, and they never penetrated your spirit. They got to your emotion. They got to your Soul. Your mind, it worked on your mind. It worked on your emotions. Oh, I wish I could have been like that and been delivered from so much. You have no idea what you're talking about. And then you make it up in your mind, your will. I'm going to do it. And all the time the preacher preaches, let's pray. Let's pray. When we say let's pray over there, they pray. Why? Well, they don't have much to rely on. Even in the city of Bangkok, as big as it is with all the idolatry we have, I see people pray every day. People say people don't pray. Yes, they do. They just pray to the wrong God. They pray to many gods. They pray for good luck, prosperity, and everything else just like you all do. But we need to pray for a clean heart and a right spirit so that we can enjoy the spirit of truth. So that we can be guided by the comforter and by the spirit of truth. The comforter speaks to us and we are comforted in God. Stop crying about your problems. When I was in the world, I had problems. They called them Popo. (laughs) Police. I had big problems with the police. They only caught me once. And then I got out of that too. But in the world you have problems. But when you get born again, You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You begin to walk that highway of holiness, but you don't know how to walk it. You don't know where it's going, but you do it anyway because you got a pastor there showing you straight and narrow. We don't like straight and narrow. We want to do whatever. A newly saved convert, a newborn babe, they want to do straight and narrow. Why? They are tired of the broad. They are tired of the way of destruction. They are weary in carnal doing. They are weary with sin and they begin to walk as God is guiding them. Of course they need help. When you said Lazarus, oh I got that in here. But Lazarus, come forth. The church had to unravel his grave clothes. See, we're impatient sometimes at new converts. We're, we're very impatient people. They ought to dress like us. They ought all talk like us. Listen, I don't want to talk like y'all. The only reason I talk like this is because I made fun of you people talking like this because you were making fun of me because I talked like a Yankee. Yeah, I did come out of New York City. And everybody was mocking me. And I started mocking them back. Guess who won, y'all? Notice I didn't say you guys. (laughs) Come on, folks. We need the comforter of the Holy Ghost. When you get in the church, get this in your mind. I don't have problems. I have challenges. I have challenges because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the devil's not my problem. You said it this morning. I'm my problem. I need to overcome me. I need to die daily. I need to put off. I need to mortify my mortal members. I need to put off these things before I could put on these things. Colossians 3, and I'm not going into that too many further. But nonetheless, when you read that, you've got to mortify some things you do, not God. We want God to do it all. We want comfort when we're not willing to do anything about getting to the right place to where we can be comforted. Then we get mad at God. But then we're smart enough not to get too mad at God because, you know, he can do things. (laughs) You know, he parted the the Red Sea for the Egyptians. I mean, yeah, the Egyptians and the Israelites. But the Israelites got on the other side and the Red Sea was still parted. And the Egyptians said, yeah, we're going to do it. How long can you tread water? Not very long when God sends the flood. Amen. Not very long when the Red Sea on parts. We need to begin to look in the Scripture and we need to apply the Scripture. Am I complying? Am I obeying? Am I in the right way? I need to know the truth and I need to be comforted by the Spirit of truth because He is God. The Lord Jesus said in His prayer, In John 17, there's many other places he prayed. But he says, Sanctify them through thy word. You want to get holy? Get in the word. Let the word get in your heart, not just in your head. You get it in your head, you get it in your ear, but you need to get understanding. We need to get understanding. Most of my time is spent teaching. Teaching, evangelism through teaching, a whole new concept to Pentecostals. Evangelism through teaching. Wow, I got to be up here screaming and yelling, acting like a monkey, swinging from tree to tree. You don't have chandeliers or so speakers, speakers. but nonetheless, you, that's what you got to do to be an evangelistic speaker. But the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go and teach. And after you teach them how to be saved, baptize them. And then after they're baptized, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. We like the preaching part because it's emotional, but we don't like the teaching part because the teaching of the Word... Goes with understanding, gets into our heart, disturbs our little lives, and God's on the scene, and He penetrates us through His Word. We need to be penetrated. We need to be invaded. We need to have the Spirit of Truth come in such a manner that we are sanctified, that the Comforter will feel comfortable in comforting us. When we you say God's big, I disagree. God is not big. How do you measure on that presence? There's nothing outside of Him. Oh, here I go abstract for I got a minute of abstractness, okay? Cool. If you say no, it won't. There is God before time. Before creation, God is. In the beginning of creation, God is. But now he has relationship. Time is a measured distance of relationship. So time happened when God created. What was the first thing he created? It wasn't the heaven and the earth. Because there were angels before the earth was even made. You have to get into some studies that take you to where your mind doesn't even know where it is until you're finished with it. But then God is now, and when time shall be no more, God is. How do you measure that? God is not big, God is. But Landon, you're right. We need to lift him up. I prefer the word exalted, but the Bible does use the word he is high and lifted up. So we cannot get nitpicky about some things, but we need to get nitpicky about how our spirit is and how our mind is and how our understanding of the Scripture is so that we can please Him who has given us His Word. His Word is the expression of Himself to us so that we may know Him and understand Him and believe Him. Well, no... Understand, know, believe, and understand. You gotta know him first. If you don't know God, you're in trouble. Yeah, my witnesses, my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Isaiah 43, 10 through 12, that's your homework. But when we know him then we are able to act upon what he wants us to do in accordance with his Holy Spirit. And as we begin to walk that way, then we begin to believe. Faith plus works. Faith in action equals believing. And then we begin to demonstrate the belief that we are a believer. And then when you are doing it by obedience and by action, you gain an understanding of God and His ways. When He said, Your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts, that was a spanking. That was not saying, I'm better than you, even though it is, it's saying, you're not in harmony with me, Israel, and you need to get back in harmony with me because he showed Moses his ways and his thoughts are in his word. Amen. We are told to have the mind of Christ. How do you get the mind of Christ unless you get your mind into the mind of God? And how do you get you in the mind of God? Through his word. Tell me what Jesus says. I'm not interested in Freud or Jung and Chong, and I'm not picking on, on psychologists. I, I I had one show up, find a job there in Bangkok. Psychologist major. I said, hey, I hear you're a psychic. I'm not a psychic. I'm a psychologist. I said, "Cycle, cycle this, cycle that," you know. And, and just got totally blown away. I said, "I'm just messing with you, until you lay all that junk down, get your head in the Bible, open your eyes, and let the eyes of." of your mind be enlightened and illuminated by the Word of God that you can get that worldly junk out of your head and you get into the Bible and then you see how the mind of God works and you see how the mind of man works and then you see how we can apply the application of the Word to where we can get into harmony with Him. Folks, we need to be in harmony with Him spirit, soul, and body. We need to be in harmony with Him as we speak. We need to be in harmony with Him to where He will not be ashamed of us in our behavior. He will not be ashamed of us in any manner or form. We need not bring shame to God, but we need to bring glory to God. And it's by how we live. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the lie. Matthew 7 says, Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Another version says, But the gateway of life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. Now, what's the road? The road is the highway of holiness. I am the way. The gateway. Well, let me go on. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. People can't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to go to God. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This he spake concerning the death which he should die. But because of Calvary and the burial and the resurrection and the outpouring of his spirit, yes, he keeps his word. There is not one, nor has there been one human being since Calvary that has not been drawn to the Lord. So the hypothetical questions of what about the poor native out there somewhere who has never had a messenger or never had a Bible? Well, how does this happen? God sends people like me. That's true. I've been in the jungles of Vietnam. I've been in the jungles of Cambodia. I went to a village in Cambodia. They, they heard. Because we were in another part of the province. They heard that we were there and something was happening. And they wanted to know about this God thing. Because they didn't know that there was a God. So we went. And they lined us up on the highway. And there were something like uh, 300 people, 250, 300 people on a dirt road. And they had me sit down, and I had military, and I had police, and I had district officials and stuff. And they said, okay, now it's your turn. Tell us. And I began in theology and went into Christology and called them to pray. Theology and Christology. Oh, my, isn't that such a deep subject? Yes. But if they don't know which God is God, or if they don't know there is a God, why should I patty cake around and tell them Acts 2.38? They gotta know who they're gonna repent to. Acts 2.38, by the way, is only recorded one time in the Bible. And who was preaching, who was preaching? Peter. And who was he preaching to? Oneness of Jews. And who, what did he say before that? All led up to where they interrupted his question. We've got people that don't even know how to interrupt. They don't even know how to ask a question. But God sends us to them. We are in those villages now, strong. We have government approval. They're asking for us to bring school teachers to teach their children. They don't want just God. They want God taught. Don't come and visit and evangelize us and forget about us. Teach us about this God. Give us an education, not only about God, but about other things so that we can know. We have a growing, developing nation. Narrow is the way, the gateway. The Spirit is drawing them. And then Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. How narrow can we get? The gateway becomes so small when it's limited to the Lord Jesus. In Hinduism, you have 33 million plus gods. Some of them say 333 million. They don't have any idea I pray to every demon spirit that they feel. I pray to every statue that they can conceive of. But we have just by the scripture, by the words of the Lord Jesus. Tell me what Jesus said. He said, I am the door. You come in by him using his name. Not titles. I'm coming to Christ. But you have no idea where Christ is. And even the high priests were called Messiahs or Christ in the Old Testament. We're leading people to Christ. Well, I'm a Christ. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. If the priests of the Old Testament can be called Christ, so can we. I don't do it because it's not appropriate, because of who that title really belongs to. They represented him who which was to come, but we now, we represent him who is in us. And Jesus said, I am the door. People don't like to use his name anymore. Why? because it's not politically correct. We live in a world on the other side of the globe that is totally racist. Most of y'all couldn't take it if you understood what was being said. Racist. Nationalistic. They insult each other. By calling each other the name of a lower class people. Or they insult each other by calling them a person of another country. Yet we're winning them because we are telling them of the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Lord Jesus Political correctness will never save anybody. Biblical correctness will save everybody who responds in obedience. We need to wake up and realize. We need to start declaring his name to this generation at this time for now and forever until we either die or he calls us up to meet him in the air. Who are you going to meet in the air? Recently I just read something about the titles, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they said, well, the Father of creation and the Son and redemption, but we don't know what the Holy Ghost is doing. Because the wind bloweth where it listeth, and we don't really understand all that, so we don't know what he's doing. I thought, you goofiness. That, that's a title, you know. Like we say, your highness and, 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 and your honor and all of that. You, you goofiness. What the world is wrong with you? Read the Word. We are afraid to talk to people because they might ask a question that we don't know the answer to. That's great. Because there are so many questions that people can ask that we don't have the answer to, but we have so much intelligence and so much biblical knowledge that we can give them answers for what they really need. Because what Nicodemus said to the Lord was not. How the Lord answered him. And we need to learn the lesson from the Lord Jesus. Thou, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, I'm not even talking about that. I am the door. And Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. The Lord Jesus is the door to everlasting life. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and body than raiment? For the kingdom of God is not meat and a drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Life In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He said, if we drink the well that's springing up into everlasting life, and this is life eternal, this is why you need to know the Lord Jesus. You need to have an understanding of the oneness of God, theology and Christology. This is life eternal, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. Because if you know him, he is able to guide you by his spirit into how to pray. I, I'm one who has experienced that. I got caught at camp meeting 1973 on a Monday night. And I was at the altar, and I says, oh, man, how would I end up here? Uh, I got to get out of here. God, hurry up. Give me the Holy Ghost. I got to get out of here. And he spoke to me clearly, and he said, "Uh, you're not serious. And that nailed me to the wall. Well, really nailed me to my own cross, and uh, I died at the altar that night. But I did not know how to pray. And what I learned as a child in the pagan religion that I was in, uh wouldn't work. I knew it wouldn't work because it didn't work back then. It surely isn't going to work right now. And I was not exactly stupid, uh, but I was dumb. I was ignorant on how to pray. So I just told the Lord what was on my mind and what was on my heart, and I emptied myself before him. We forgot how to do that since we've been in the church for so many years. We have prayed our Pentecostal prayers that we think appease God. We need to pray the prayers from the abundance of our heart. We need to expose and express ourselves like we have never done before, and we don't do that. And when you don't do it, when God is dealing with you, what happens? You cover yourself more, you close the door more, and you be able to stand there in a church service with no physical limitations, and you go... Amen. Amen. Then you go home, oh, I was blessed. But nothing happened on the inside. Nothing changed. We need to have a change inside if we're going to have revival. We talk revival. We get people in here to pump us up and prime us up, but nobody gets into our heart. Nobody gets into our heart because we keep the door closed. But the door the door, the Lord Jesus is the door. He's opening up Himself to us. He's knocking on our door saying, Come on, come into me. Straight as the gate. It's only through Him. Nobody else. Him and Him alone. The Lord Jesus is the way to salvation. It's the truth of how to receive salvation. The life which is the light of men, the life in salvation, then into everlasting life. So what do we do right now? We've heard what Jesus said. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. When was the last time You had a renewal of the Holy Ghost to where life was flowing through you like a well of living water. Have we become Pentecostal cisterns? When I first got in the church, I had a man that worked for Texas Parks and Wildlife. They got me a summer job at an unopened, undeveloped uh, park in central Texas. 640 square acres where people just didn't go anymore. And I went there and in my exploration, in my reconnaissance, I found a cistern. And there were a lot of rattlesnakes there and all the scorpions and cottonmouth and all that and wolves and coyote. It was amazing. And I found a cistern. And I got down on the ground and I cleared off enough and I looked inside. And it was a sad sight to see. It was dry, it was cracked, had spider webs, had debris, had all kinds of things in it. I didn't like what I saw, it wasn't something that its original construction was made for it was made to hold water that people could be refreshed from it but then i went out to jacob's well in dripping springs i went over to the edge of the water right there that big old hole in the ground natural and i looked down i saw 100 feet straight down clear and the water was refreshing, just standing there in 100-degree weather. I was just refreshed, and, and just the beauty of it made me wanted to jump in. But they said you can't jump, and that didn't mean much to me then. But then the Lord reminded me I belong to him now, not, you know, like I used to be. So I didn't jump, but I never forgot it. It was living water refreshing, moving, enticing, willing to quench my thirst, willing to do what was needed. And this is how we should be with the well of living water the Spirit of God bubbling up within us, not into silliness, but into depth, to where spirit to spirit, heart to heart, when we feel somebody that's hurting. We don't have to go up to them and say, oh, I know you're hurting. Good grief, like you're telling them something they don't know. To go up to them with a refreshing, comforting word. Brother, it's going to be all right. I don't know about that. You don't know my, I don't have to know your situation. What I do know is the rivers of living water that are springing up in my soul. And I am no different than you and you are no different than I. And regardless of background, we are all new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are the children, the sons and the daughters of the most high. We belong unto him and he talks to us and he deals with us. Well, how do I get to the place that you are in? Jesus is the way. And we are going to walk with him. And he is in us. And as he is in us, he continues to guide us. Because when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. Don't you worry about these people that are going off into this new revelant thing. That's junk. They know it. And they're going to find out real quick that they're going to come back or else they're going to go the other direction. It's not for you to take care of. It's between them and God. We get all worried about all these other people. Let's worry about ourselves. And not really worry about ourselves. Let us realize we've got a challenge. My biggest challenge is me. But I need to know the truth. How do I straighten this out, God? How do I make this right with you? How do I do that? Let's all stand. Tell me what Jesus said. I just chose one verse and added a few others in there. But when we begin to think of it, there's more to the Word of God. I didn't quote things to you tonight from Paul. Paul's got a whole bunch of other things to say, and I enjoy his revelation and his writings and all of that. But it comes back down to the one who is sovereign, omnipotent, absolute, supreme authority. And when he says... I am the way. Here is your answer tonight. I am the truth. He is your answer tonight. I am the life. Tonight you can be renewed in the Holy Ghost. But I don't feel conviction. Good. We won't move unless we feel conviction. Shame on you. We should move just because the Lord's here. I want to be touched by God. I I, I just want something for this week. I want to please Him. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. My life should be a life of worship unto Him. How do I do that, Lord? Guide me to where every footstep is walk softly in Your presence. You can sense that in the Holy Ghost. You can be walking your normal fast pace or your slow pace, but you can sense you are walking softly in the presence of God. You are walking humbly in the presence of God. You are walking in the Spirit. So tonight, I ask you to be refreshed, be renewed. If you have not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, You must be born again of water and spirit. Children receive the Holy Ghost. Got a few here. You have the Holy Ghost? Yeah. I saw you worshiping. I said to my wife, She got the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's needful. We cannot neglect our children in a main service like this and turn them over to the Sunday school people and say, that's their job. No, it's your job. If there's children in a service like this tonight and they need to be born again, it's your job to intercede on their behalf but I don't feel anything well it's about time we intercede when God's not talking to us and he's talking to other people because it's not all about me it's all about him and it's all about them and we need to bring them into us and we can't do it by ignoring them it's time to pray so the altar is open You need to come. For what? Whatever. Whatever. What does the Lord want to give to you? He's already talked to you about it in your heart. So please come. And get in touch with God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.